The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Hey, what's going on, everybody, and welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. It's Fat Tuesday, and who better to host the show than myself, Bully Ray, than my tag team partner, Tommy Dreamer. That's right, it's the return of the Fat and the Furious, talking about Monday Night Raw. Did you watch the show? Did you like the show? We're going to get Tommy's takes, uh, including Sheamus. Could we potentially see Sheamus as the next WWE champion and would him and Drew make a good WrestleMania main event? Alexa Bliss, Randy Orton, and The Fiend. How do you feel about Alexa and the job she's been doing so far? And is The Fiend secretly living in Alexa Bliss? We're going to get Tommy's take on that. Also, Lacey Evans, she's pregnant. We're going to have a baby. Is it Ric Flair's baby? Whose baby is it? Is it Tommy Dreamer's baby? Is it the Blue Meanie's baby? We don't know. Maybe we need Maury Povich on the show to figure out who got Lacey pregnant. What do you think about the storyline? Is it a work? Is it a shoot? Who knows? Tune into the podcast. Myself and Tommy Dreamer right here. Fat Tuesday. Busted open. To talk on Monday Night Raw. And since me and Tommy don't get to do the show very often together, if you have any questions for either one of us, no matter what it is, we'll answer it for you. We'll do a little uh, Falls Count Anywhere Friday for you also vibe here. So uh, uh, another Monday night in the books, Tommy. Uh, lots of uh, varying ranges of opinions on social media last night about Raw. Uh, I'll ask you the real broad stroke question first. What did you think of the show? Did you like it or not? Overall, solid show. I enjoyed the wrestling and I enjoyed uh, the main event. And when it's, uh, you know, here comes Elimination Chamber, it did set up vulnerability for your champion that, hey, if you purchase Elimination Chamber, you may see um, a new champion. Then rolling into WrestleMania, you know, who will face that for the main event there there's a lot of stories that they told they continued the great story with randy orton and alexa bliss um i thought they did a great job continuing the story with sheamus turning on his friend with drew uh overall i would give it a, a positive show the uh me and lagreca have been talking for the past couple of weeks about sheamus and his potential challenger at wrestlemania Right now, if I had a vote, and I know this is not a marquee main event, but this guy's been doing such a great job, and it's the guy who won the main event last night. It's Sheamus. Sheamus is doing some of his best work that I've ever seen. Um, what's your take on Sheamus? And do you think Sheamus versus Drew McIntyre could be the main event for the Universal Championship at WrestleMania? 
or a co-main event? I think they have told a great story. I think Sheamus has definitely stepped up, you know, coming back as a babyface with a new look. And then, you know, being that loudmouth friend that uh, we basically call the Sandman uh, that always uh. will, you know, stick his nose in your business. And, you know, if that when he was a full-blown babyface, he was actually very entertaining. And then you could see how he starts grating on your nerves. And then he, uh, you know, really has stepped up as, as a heel and haven't, he always has good matches, but really taken this opportunity to the next level. It's a great story with him and Drew. They opened up the show with, you know, their personal history, showing pictures of everything that, you know, they've done. It's a real life story that you can take and make some money with. Would it be the main event? Uh, you know, you also got to remember they've had the WWE title defended first on WrestleManias. So you could come right out the gate with, you know, Drew McIntyre versus Sheamus first if you wanted to. uh do it, and I think you know it's it's a very very going to be a very good matchup. Can you think of a match that would be bigger for Drew or that? Um, because when I when I see Sheamus, I see the stories there. I know the work is there. I know everything is there except I'm not quite sure if it's that marquee. It's not going to be the main event. Roman's going to be the main event, in my opinion, or 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 he will be pushed as the main event. Um, I don't know if it's that marquee matchup, despite the fact that I believe it has the best story going in. I think from a physicality and a work rate uh, point of view, Sheamus and Drew will will really work well together. You said it could go first, and yes, it could go anywhere on the card. And in that scenario with Roman last, I would love to see it first. But do you th- do you think that there's anybody better out there to challenge Drew McIntyre right now? Uh, or that would make more sense. Not on the main, not on the raw roster. No, um, unless I think they could have went with um, Keith Lee if they pushed him to the moon, but that kind of went the wayside. I think they could have gone a bunch of different routes, but if looking on the raw roster, Drew versus Sheamus makes the best sense for that title. If I'm booking it, I'm going to do Edge versus Roman. Uh, I would bring in Christian to be in his corner to counteract uh, Jay Uso and or Paul Heyman. And then, uh, you know, if we, you know, we've discussed Dave and I on Wednesdays about, we don't even know if the NXT title would be represented on uh, NXT, but just the history and the stories telling with, you know, Edge and Paul and Roman would be great for SmackDown. I think this is great for Raw because you got to already see where the players are lining up, where it would be um, probably Randy versus Bray at Mania. And then, you know, where else are you going to go? The only person who I could ever have seen going after Roman on that side would be Big E. But I don't think they're going to be going that route since he has the Intercontinental title and probably will do something with another turn with Apollo Crews. So if I'm booking WrestleMania, I'm going to go like that. We're also, we don't have to sell 70,000 seats, and everyone will watch WrestleMania anyway because it's something to do, and it's like the Super Bowl. This year's Super Bowl wasn't the best Super Bowl, but a lot of people watched it. Uh, That's another reason why I think we could go with Sheamus and Drew because we don't, um, everybody's going to watch WrestleMania anyway. 
Um, it's one of those things where you just have to tune in and see what's going on. Um, I, I hope that Sheamus gets the nod because I've been such a fan of everything that he's done since he's come back. And just watching him work last night with Drew as the final entrant in that gauntlet match. Um, first of all, the physicality and the work rate from all six of those guys last night. Obviously with Randy, that doesn't count because that was gimmicky with what happened with Alexa. Um, but the five of them that worked that match, man, that was really tight. It was very physical. It, what, it's what pro wrestling, in my opinion, is supposed to look like, feel like. Um, Sheamus just laying his stuff in. You could hear those forearms just popping off of Drew McIntyre's chest. And sometimes I think that's uh, missing in pro wrestling today. That level of physicality that obviously you and myself are used to. Um, as far as Sheamus is concerned, mo moving uh, with Drew, the story is there. At this stage of the game with a guy like Sheamus, what else can you do with him? He's had so much success in the WWE. He's held championships. He took a break for a while, came back. Like, what else would you do with him at this point? I think he's missing one title to be the grand champion, which would be, like, his biggest claim to fame. Andre, you could check that out, but I think that is uh, something that you could do. But, again, he's he's the loudmouth now at the bar that, you know, says what he wants to say, and then he could go out and kick your ass. I agree with the physicality. Um, he is, his work is on the way he, you know, he stepped up, he jumped the guy from behind, even though the guy is tired. So right then and there, he's still establishing he's being a heel. He, I did love, and you always talk about little things. I love that tight camera shot with the referee saying, Drew, I need to, you need to get to your feet so I can start this. Uh, I understand this is kind of like a new WWE edict behind the scenes where they want stuff like this to happen to give it this more realistic, uh, you know, fight appeal. And, you know, that Drew was had sympathy. How what's his uh, how Sheamus was able to step up and take that next gear was what I was missing in my match. And I watched him and be like, wow, Sheamus is on fire. He has this, you know, real big desire to, again, be a top guy because he was the face of the company for a long time, both as a heel and a baby face, as the champion. And him and him and Drew is money. It's it's really, really good. I enjoy. And, you, you know, you talk about it, too. I when I was seeing him and you see the, the sweat fly off of his chest and back. I remember Ric Flair versus Ricky Steamboat or Wahoo McDaniel Ric Flair where you're seeing these chops and you're seeing your chest get red with welts or you're just seeing and all the fans before it was like, woo, it was like, because they're hitting each other so hard. You you felt that. I mean, Ric Flair would always do a forearm to your back and, you know, Ricky Steamboat would sell, spin around and just fire a chop right back. That was uh, that was fighting. Uh, and that's what that's what a good wrestling match always needs. It needs to feel like a fight. It needs to feel like a contest. It needs to feel like people uh, uh, 
competitors are actually trying to win and not just go out there and put on some kind of performance that focuses more on moves instead of story. Hey everyone, this is Kirk Morrison. This is Greg McElroy. And this is Nate Burleson. With the 2020 NFL season finally upon us, we're excited to announce three new NFL podcasts from SiriusXM. On Total Coverage, we'll explore the hows and the whys behind the week's biggest results. On Inside the Pocket, we will go under the helmet for all the quarterbacks in the NFL. And on 17 Weeks, Jamal Adams, Emmanuel Sanders, and Eric Ebron will discuss the latest NFL stories straight from the locker room. New episodes of all three podcasts will be available every week on the SiriusXM app and wherever you get your podcasts. Last night on Monday Night Raw, obviously, Alexa, a big fan of Slayer and or Venom, hanging out, sitting uh, in the middle of a pentagram, or as Gabby likes to call it, a pentagon. No, Gabby, the pentagon is in Washington. A pentagram is what uh, is a is a star uh, that satanic people use as a symbol to worship the Dark Lord Satan. You get that now? Of course, you would know about evil symbols. Sorry, that's not in my repertoire of things that I know. Your homework for tonight is to go listen to Slayer and Venom. You like Venom. You like a little Venom, though. I do. I like Slayer, too. I think it. I like to play it when I work out sometimes because it makes me angry. You know? Well, you're I'm angry gonna... all the time. <laughs> yes, yeah, because you. What I'm... makes that different? <laughs> wow. Okay, guys. I see how it is, Tommy. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Well, you're usually full of a lot of angst, Gabby. He makes me listen to Slayer. What do you expect? He tells me every day, listen to Slayer, a little bit of Venom, and Megadeth, all these scary things. We'll counteract it. Counteract it and eat some Lady Gaga Oreos. I'm not eating on the air. You have your Lady Gaga Oreos with you. La, 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 la. I will eat my Oreos on Busted Open today. Let me see. Let me let me see you take an Oreo, pink, split it in half, and lick the one side. Oh my God! You have it. Looks like Java Java in his palace when his tongue comes out. Why is it it a pink pink cookie? It's a pink cookie with green cookie cream filling. That does not look appetizing. That does not look like something I want to eat. And thank you for putting the crunch over the radio so everyone can hear you chomping away. I'm not eating. Let's talk you about are eating. Didn't you get reprimanded for this once, not eating on the air? No, it was just a few corporate emails. Yeah, just, a, <laughs> just a watermelon with a spoon, no big deal. Uh, last night I was kind of shocked to see Alexa Bliss sitting in the middle of that pentagram. Now, it wasn't facing the camera in the pentagram shape. It was in the shape of the star, but nevertheless, it was a pentagram. Um, I wonder if they're going to get any backlash for that, but whatever, no big deal. Here's what uh, here's what I was talking about before we went to break. I got a tweet this morning about Alexa and Randy Orton, and I wanted to get your take on it, Tommy. Maybe I missed something. Maybe we missed something. Uh, I don't know if this is obvious to our listeners or to, uh, to the fans, but check this out. Aaron... To Colby, Kent to Colby's second cousin on his mother's side, said, have you guys noticed yet that it's only Randy who sees Alexa? Uh, Last night on Raw and a few weeks ago when she was on the top of the turnbuckle, no one saw her but Randy. Commentary never mentions her, and the ref did a great job last night of 
being distracted. Is it only Randy who sees Alexa? I see her, but I've had a lot of concussions. So um, it is a good point. And that's the movie magic, what you could do without a crowd. But uh, to answer Ken Tacolvi's question and loved you on the Pirates, we are family. Um, I like what where he's going. The fact that the com- commentators haven't spoken about her. Maybe they are setting that up. Maybe they're trying to show that he's crazy, but that's hard to do because like I said, I saw her and everybody sees her um, unless they're going to be this big movie horror type of deal that that's how, you know, you reveal like I see dead people. I see Oreos. So I think that's the only way to go about it because where, where's the big payoff the big payoff is he's coming back in Bray Wyatt. You know, maybe another different incarnation of the fiend. Um, so I've been a big fan of Alexa's work for a long time now. Um, last week, I uh, put her over as hard as I possibly could and, and paid her and gave her the props that she deserved for her performance. Do you like the entire storyline with Randy, Alexa, and Bray? And how would you grade Alexa on her work up until this point? I'm a big fan. One of the best television shows is Supernatural because it kept you on this long, long ride for a lot of years. I want to say between 13 and 15 years, this show was on the air Um, about two brothers that, you know, face demons, all this other stuff. And they did a lot of their final episode. They went back to like literally the first episode. They brought back every character. When Alexa Bliss, how she goes, you know, when she was on her swing set and the other swing is moving or who she's talking to. These are all these little things that a a horror character can, you know, put over. And she goes from sweet little girl to a girl who's being influenced by some supernatural force. And she keeps teasing that he's coming back. And that's what you're going to see is that bigger picture of when he finally comes back and I'm sure he'll have another different look or change about him you know with his appearance um like this like you said when they pulled that camera back and she was sitting inside the pentagram and that's that's big especially for WWE program and I forgot uh what you also could call it not a pentagram um it's another name for it because pentagram yes is supposed to have some satanic stuff but um her doing all these little things her laugh when she came up on the screen all those different times fabulous 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 even sitting up on the top turnbuckle like you said and if you always look at the iso cameras and where that all takes you yes you could be going looking in the mind of a crazy person that he's the only person who's seeing this because you do become obsessed with it both alexa's been an a because she's been carrying this whole story without Bray and also taking the physicality. And the other person who always delivers is Randy Orton. He's, you know, the foil to all of this. I have been a little flip-flopped where who's the good guy, who's the bad guy, because I don't see Alexa as the, like, when she got RKO'd, I didn't feel sympathy for, like, when you killed Beulah or, you know, when she fired back with fire okay, so now I'm supposed to feel bad for Randy Orton. So there, there's that little part where if I'm going to go full-blown 
Uh, I'm going to do even more stuff. Uh, heelish. I have to pick a side because this literally is a side good versus evil. Uh, I think you bring up a great point when you say that Alexa is carrying this story without Bray. Um, I think Bray subliminally, subliminally lives inside of Alexa Bliss. Um, and that's really the only part of Bray that we're getting to see. But yes, she's the one on TV with Randy Orton. And to think that Alexa Bliss is carrying an entire storyline right now with a future Hall of Famer in Randy Orton, I think is a huge compliment. How do you feel about Randy in this story? It's a very gimmicky storyline. We could we we can admit and acknowledge that, but okay. Randy's one of the greatest wrestlers in the world, like a wrestler's wrestler. How do you feel about him being involved in some t- in a gimmicky storyline like this? And do you think he likes it? Uh, I don't know whether he likes it or not, but I mean, him and Bray have worked a bunch of times already, so obviously they have a chemistry. And I, again, I feel it's going to be some sort of gimmick match in at WrestleMania. Which would be good. And, you know, when you're so talented like a Randy Orton, you could get over on anything that uh, you do. I believe it was Randy versus Bray when they had the caterpillars and all that stuff in the ring. And then there yeah, was. Yeah, but like that didn't this... go over too well. No, I, but that's not him. But the match, there was nothing wrong with the match. Um, he had a good match last WrestleMania with Edge. And, you know, very cinematic. You could do a lot more cinematic. This WrestleMania could have cinematic overtones to it because, you know, hey, you could do anything. It's WWE. You could shoot it the night before. Um, You could start in the crowd and then go to the back. So, yes, when you're – and even, dude, even my match that I have with Rich Swan on Saturday, I wish I – brawling is easy wrestling is hard (laughs) like i need like i said air and there's moments when you're having you know a hardcore war where you could stop and take your breath as opposed to just going out there and have a straight up wrestling match where it's like oh my god when you know when is this gonna end so did you really feel a difference uh the other night in just having to wrestle absolutely and you know i said describe what you were feeling uh were you blown up I i told you i was blown sky high I could not wait for this match to end because I had no I had no air left in my tank and that's what uh, again what I said it's because of the fans. That's the one key element. Obviously won't be missing at WrestleMania because you will have fans there. But, you know, between my finger and being blown up and having just a scientific matchup for a title. Dude, if you think about it, you could catch your breath while you're rolling to the floor pulling out that table. And those tables are sons of bitches to get out. Or that's you can catch you your breath had... waiting for Devon to pull out the table. <laughs> I was going to say, that's why you always <laughs> had Devon do it. But those are ways to catch your breath. You know, even going outside to pick up a garbage can, you're like, or sometimes I would put water in the garbage can <laughs> so I could have a little bit of water break. You, these are things that you can't do in a regular traditional wrestling match. Anyway, to get to Randy's in phenomenal shape, Bray Wyatt will come back in phenomenal shape. So... Any wrestler can get, you know, anything over when you're in that uh, level like a Randy Orton and a Bray Wyatt. 
I'm, I'm just, I'm very curious about your, your whole blow up scenario. Did you feel like you blew up? I mean, you do cardio every morning. Whenever I talk to you, it's like, I'm doing cardio. I'm doing cardio. I'm doing cardio. Mm -hmm. Okay. But doing cardio does not replicate what goes in, on in a wrestling ring. And we both know that there's in shape and there's in ring shape. Do you feel like in your match you blew up physically because you were out of ring shape or out of shape? Or did you blow up mentally because maybe you were questioning whether or not you could still do this at, at the level of a Rich Swan? No, I blew up. Um, I had no gas left in my tank because of lack of adrenaline and... Mm -hmm. I, it was like a combination of things. My finger was a lot of pain. Before that, getting kicked straight in my head. And then it's like there's no encouragement. You know, even if you're in a reactions, listening to the fans react, and we threw a lot of great false finishes in there, but it's to a legit empty arena. And not saying that it doesn't work, but like when you go for a cover, I hit a really cool – I gave them – he went to give me a something. I countered it. I hooked him, and I gave him my old-school slingshot into the corner. I turned around. He jumped up in midair to the second rope, turned around and flying cross body. I gave him a cutter. That building would have exploded if that match, if that was in front of people. And that, you know, you go for the cover. And when the guy kicks out, the the pop and the kick out, you're like, you know you got him. And that's it's that next level where you're like, come on, we got to do this. And, I mean, you've seen this in football where the defense has to stop them. What do the defensive players do? They ask the fans to cheer for them. And it means it gets behind, it makes you want to continue. But when you have no other people in there, I'm like, I'm trying to get this next gear, and it just wasn't there. So well, that's why I lost. It's the only reason why I lost. And there you have it. Tommy the Dreamer did not have the fans behind him. Thus, he could not continue. I should have heal. You should have. You should have. Hey, everyone. This is former NFL linebacker and current SiriusXM NFL radio host, Kirk Morrison. And I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, Total Coverage. Each week, I'll be joined by some of the greatest minds in the game as we explore the hows and the whys behind the week's biggest results. Whether we're breaking down player techniques, game plans, or coaching philosophies, we'll explain the details that define our favorite performances. New episodes will be available every Tuesday on the SiriusXM app, Pandora, and Apple Podcasts. Last night, uh, uh, other than the main event being great, some of the biggest news coming out of the show was Lacey Evans stopping mid-match to let Charlotte Flair and the entire world know that she is preggers, prego, pregnant. And from what I understand, and you guys can help me out here, this is what they call a shoot brother She's really pregnant. So, uh, Tommy, what do you think about the whole story from the day it started to where we are last night? And where do they go from here with a pregnant Lacey Evans? Well, kudos to Lacey Evans for going full in like we're talking about and getting pregnant with Ric Flair's child. I think she's a real team player and stepped up and uh, good for her. Um, she'll be the new Tony Randall uh, wife because he had a baby in his 70s. And uh, I wish them the best of luck. I could see Ric Flair on the farm. Don't know if her husband will be too happy about it. But, hey, it works storyline-wise. Hey, listen, if she really is pregnant, um, 
it's it's very very hard to do because there's no payoff for at least a year possibly right. more right um there's no payoff with Rick because he now has to go away plus you can't have physicality on Rick so you have to kind of just get out of this angle real real quick it's something you could follow up with on the tail end or come back to it but you need now a different situation if she really is pregnant because she you know obviously there's liability issues all that stuff where she can't get into the ring she can't do certain things so uh, it all depends on how WWE wants to you know portray it and you're talking to someone who did the first ever pregnancy wrestling angle in wrestling and I remember you know Beulah's biggest concern was well I should start showing in three months and Paul's like don't worry about it we'll just put a pillow in there and you know we got out of it with you know, then followed up with the first girl-on-girl um, stuff on television and got us thrown off of every network. And Beulah was cheating on me with Kimono Wanalei, and then I was hardcore, and I took them both, and the rest is history. But that's how we got away. It was a, she lied to me about getting pregnant so she can be with me. That hussy. You're a hussy. Go make me some coffee. Shameless hussy. Um, what did you think about the story between Charlotte, Rick, and Lacey from the get-go, did were you into it? Uh, the whole, you know, Lacey's cuddling up to Rick because she wants to get farther in her career, and Rick is jealous that everybody's talking about Charlotte now. Uh, it's basically a jealousy uh, angle and a real-life scenario where uh, an older gentleman is uh, who might feel like He's been forgotten about and now has a, a nice young lady making googly eyes at him. What do you think? I would have gone that route in the sense of, listen, the end goal, and this may have been it, but, you know, if it's going to get sidetracked, the end goal is to win a title or get under Charlotte's skin. And I would have gone the sugar daddy route where everybody knows that this young, beautiful woman is using Ric Flair for his money, for his, you know, all the stuff that he has. And here's the daughter trying to say, dad, you need to pay it. To, you know, you know, don't do this. You need to pay attention to this, all this stuff, which would have then made her the baby face and not the, I was not into the storyline just because of like, we've also seen it before. And another thing we talked about social media and even WWE put a, it out there where, she screams at her father one week, literally after that, then WWE, she apologizes for doing it, which, hey, I get that part. There's fights. It was very, very up and down. Again, when to have compelling television, you need to have a good guy and a bad guy. And I know there are shades of gray during it, but in a situation like that, you know, if there are fans there, Ric Flair, for even the implication that he's hanging out with... um uh, a younger woman, Ric Flair becomes the baby face. But if you do it where you make him look weaker and he's an older man hanging out, giving money to this younger girl, uh, you know, he's on her OnlyFans, stuff like that. These are ways we can incorporate this with younger audience to try to make that younger audience click. So that's uh, how I would have done it. I feel like the WWE was using this storyline 
to obviously help get Lacey over, but also to get some sympathy on Charlotte and hopefully turn her baby face. I, I think they missed their opportunity last week. And I, I'm just wondering if this whole pregnancy thing could not have happened at a better time for them to get away from this story now. Uh, when it comes to Charlotte being a baby face, me and Dave were having this discussion um, last week. Uh, it lasted a couple of days. At this point, if the WWE wants Charlotte to be a babyface, if Charlotte wants to be a babyface, whoever, do you think it's possible? And how would you do it? That's a hard one. Again, she would need a big, big heel to turn her babyface. I don't know who that heel would be. The only person I could see who would have that attitude would be Sasha, where Sasha could, and that person ain't gonna happen. I Sasha has too that. much. T- Sasha's following is more loyal to Sasha than Charlotte's is to Charlotte. Okay, but I'm just saying, there's no one who could like match her in the ring in the sense of, of match her on the mic, match her with social media. I understand. I'm just talking attitude. I'm not talking about the other variables, and I agree. You know, Sasha is a, a great babyface. Um, so it's, it'll be hard. Don't know who that person could be. It was funny. Uh, I was thinking about um, Bianca Belair and Naomi, and I felt Naomi should have kind of taken Bianca under her wing and like, hey, I'm going to help you. Hey, I'm going to do all these things to get you to the promised land of, of the world title. And then after she gets, you know, if Bianca wins the world title, then I would have Naomi turn on her because Naomi is that athletic. Naomi is everything that Bianca is, but it's like you're they're pushing you. They didn't push me, blah, blah, blah. And then it gives new life to Naomi, who is, you know, like I said, I, I'm, I've always been a big fan of her. And they're pushing how athletic Bianca is. So is Naomi. And she's been in WWE for a long time. And she could use something like that to help her. Uh, earlier, we were talking about how the one common denominator you need to turn anybody heel is the right baby face. And you just gave us the flip side of that with, with Charlotte. With Charlotte, if you wanted to turn her baby face, you need a monster heel that can get sympathy on Charlotte. And I do not think that exists in the WWE. Um, I don't know of any female heel. Uh, you mentioned Sasha, which is a great, uh, is probably their best bet, or maybe Bailey, but I don't think it would happen because the lo- the the followings is, uh, uh, are so loyal. I think they need to embrace what they have in Charlotte Flair and run with it. But Absolutely. I also know that that's very small for the WWE because WWE doesn't think in terms of okay, we're just going to have a heel wrestler. Charlotte is a larger-than-life superstar who can go out there and do movies, commercials, and be so much more for the WWE, and they they need to get this woman loved in some way, shape, or form. And I just don't know at this point how you do it. She, she looks a certain way. She carries herself a certain way. It's the whole greatness hate. With Tom Brady, you, you either love Tom Brady or you hate Tom Brady, and the people that hate Tom Brady are probably never going to love him, period. So you might as well embrace um, 
what you have. Uh, I was I enjoyed this storyline from the beginning because I understood it and I liked where it was going. But as of last week, I uh, it, it hit a it hit a dead stop for me because I thought they missed the opportunity with Charlotte, and that's why I said this Lacey pregnancy probably could not have happened at a better time. I think the biggest matchup within the women's division is Charlotte versus Sasha. To me, Charlotte versus Sasha right now, especially with how how well Sasha has been doing over the past, I don't know, let's call it six months to a year. I think that's the money match. Could that be the the match that main evented, truly main evented a WrestleMania without the help of a third party? Like, like uh, Becky and Ronda needed help. They needed Charlotte in that match for a variety of reasons, which a lot of fans have not, don't ex- don't accept. But me and you know why the reasons that she were there. Do you think at this point Charlotte and Sasha could main event a WrestleMania? Since and uh, thank you to John at Jimmy Seafood, uh, WrestleMania two nights and Andre confirms it. Um, WrestleMania two nights for one of those the first night, sure, absolutely. Uh, when you're you know now you got me thinking uh, if they're gonna have this moment and and they're not, but I'm just talking fantasy booking. If here is you know hey here comes Sasha, I want to unify titles or whatever the case may be. And then all of a sudden, stage, here comes Becky Lynch, and I want my t- I want to be Becky two belts again. You go to that match, that would headline any WrestleMania because you know you're going to get this amazing, amazing match and like, oh my gosh, I can't believe Becky's back. It's, it is hard to do. Um, again, fantasy booking, and this could not happen because of the backlash and we talked about social media, all that stuff. Lacey... If she was going to be the heel and she's the gold digger and she's using Ric Flair as like a sugar daddy, um, if Charlotte goes and like pretty much confronts her father and says something about and the father just turns around and slaps Charlotte across the face, that would be massive sympathy for Charlotte and mega heat for Lacey. But in today's world, it would be, you know, and you're you're not remembering that a father slapping his daughter, what he you know deems disrespect or something like that, but that could never happen in today's society because then you know they would they would want Ric Flair's on his head on a silver platter. And whenever I hear things like that, that could never happen in to say today's society. I want to throw up because yes. this is pro wrestling, and um, to me, there are very very few things that are off limits uh, in the world of pro wrestling, and I hate that. Uh, things have turned into what they have turned into because think of the magic that has been created over, you know, the past, you know, 10, 20, 30, 40 years of pro wrestling, uh, doing things that, you know, today's society would never have accepted. Hey, everybody, this is Fran Freshella, host of the podcast World of Basketball. The game of basketball has truly become a global game. Markovic buys it into Mickey, and somehow it goes in. Each week, I talk with the players, coaches, and executives who have led the way in growing the game of basketball around the world. Real Madrid have stolen victory. 
victory from the jaws of defeat. Episodes are available every Thursday on the SiriusXM app, Pandora, and Apple Podcasts. Unfortunately, this is a little bit of fantasy booking right here and probably will never happen. But if Ronda Rousey ever returned and Paul Heyman was her manager, could Paul Heyman get the sympathy on Charlotte Flair that we've been talking about? Absolutely. Uh, I can hit three lines right off the bat, which I'm not going to say. That would dig at her, and Paul Heyman could do that. Paul Heyman could get on anybody's under anybody's skin. So, because he's great at what he does, and he could take I, a personal I, issue and r- run at it. You said you had three lines. I know one of them that you would have said that would have definitely not worked, and there'd be major backlash. Is any one of them something that you could mention? I'd love to hear one of the ideas, or are they just too risque? Uh, no, they're too risque. And plus, I don't get paid uh, to give WWE ideas because they listen. Hi, Vince. How you doing? So that's good. Hi, Tommy. When are you coming back, pal? Ha, ha, ha. How about... I had to replace you with Carano, that bottom (laughs) feeder. Ah, How about ah, somebody had a fake Vince McMahon account, and it looks just like Vince McMahon, and he's like, I want to wish the happiest birthdays to Tommy Dreamer, you know, blah, 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 and it was a picture of Terry Funk. (laughs) And it was fabulous. He had the headband on. I even popped for I was like, What? Oh, Tommy, Tommy, Tommy. You know what was my favorite birthday message to you? What? Your daughters. Yeah, that was great. I thought that was awesome. Really liked it. Uh, Gabby, just curious. uh, What is your take on this whole storyline involving the pregnancy? Uh, Did you like it up until last night? What did you think of last night? What would you like to see happen now? Let's uh, Let's get the chick's opinion. Now I went from the girl to the chick. This is pretty amazing. Um, Gabby, you have you're daddy moving, issues. You're moving yeah, up in the world. <laughs> I don't have daddy issues at all, actually. I know. I'm playing. I, you no, have man issues, not daddy issues. Right. I have the opposite. <laughs> I have man issues when I don't have daddy issues, which uh, it, it, it's insane. Because normally, if you have one, you have the other. So I make no sense. But I will say, I think because I'm the only girl, I have only brothers, and I'm so close with my dad... I was so ready to be invested in this storyline. And I was like, oh my God, this is going to be what happens. Rick is going to take Lacey as like his daughter who respects him completely. And Charlotte's going to be jealous that her father is mentoring this other person. And, and, you know, I wanted to see happen when that match with Lacey and Charlotte, Lacey to win and, and all Rick had to do look at his daughter like he's disappointed and look at Lacey and go, I'm so proud of you. And just in that moment, I almost wanted to see tears in Charlotte's eyes because if my father ever said that to a girl and it wasn't me and he was proud of them and disappointed in me, I would be shattered because that's my world. That's my father. Not to mention, you know, he's the legend that she is in the same business of so I think that would have been the greatest way to get any kind of sympathy from Charlotte I don't know if it's over per se now just because Lacey's pregnant in my mind maybe they can hang on to this a little bit longer what if you know Charlotte and Rick try to almost repair their relationship in some way but he's you know going to the doctors for for Lacey's checkups or he's showing that he still cares more about Lacey say like in a year in the months that it takes or whatever uh, they're finally good, you know, and Charlotte's got this big match and Rick's at her side and he gets the call and he's like, Lacey's having her baby. I got to go. And he chooses to be there for Lacey and like not for Charlotte. 
I think that there is some things that can happen from this. I don't want to completely count it out. And also, too, Charlotte doesn't have any children. So imagine Rick says, she's giving me, like, you know, my first my daughter's first child. Like this is my, this is a grandchild for me now. And that's like a dig at Charlotte because she doesn't have kids and she's not married yet. If you bring in that realism with Andrade possibly, I think that there's more that can be done. Is that out of reach? I, do you guys agree with that? I think that I want I think it still has some legs. I have some hope for it guys. Tommy. Oof. Uh, well, I'm under the impression that this is a relationship of a sexual nature between Ric Flair and uh, Lacey. It's, where it's that's, not. And they've it's gone not. out of their way to say it's not. Uh, but listen, it's Ric Flair. He's this. I don't see the apprenticeship. I don't see a lot of that. And also because Ric Flair has always been, you know, the guy who uh was you know limousine riding all the invite the girls to the marriott i understand it but i'm just going you could tell me what but i also see like body language in the sense of like there was just different things that i saw if you want to go that route uh that gabby said then okay if this is he's the mentor he's all that stuff which i don't ever get then it's well she's pregnant with andrade's baby and then now i feel bad but we don't have that on the relationship scale. We know via their social media they're together, but we don't know on television that they're together. Also, too, can, can I ask this yeah. fully? Because I know you're about to say something. Remember when we had, I think, where they missed the boat is they should have gotten into Lacey's past with her parents and maybe why she looks to Rick as a father. I know when we had her on the show, she had different kinds of like backgrounds with like different strained relationships and stuff. What if she gets into the fact, you know, I don't even know if it's true or not. Like she didn't have a father around. She needs that father figure in her life. And that's why she relies on him so much as this mentor. Then you see the reason as to why she wants him around so much. And that's like the kind of person that's a threat to a Charlotte because Charlotte's took took for granted the fact that she had a dad her whole life and someone like Lacey didn't. Does that make sense? It's it's a great suggestion. It's a great idea, but that is extremely deep storytelling that very few people know how to do these days. Two of the people that know how to do it are on the show right now, but I don't know if people have the attention spans for it anymore, although I think it would work. Um, Gabby, you used an interesting word before, disappointment. Um, I'm sure your dad's been mad at you before. I'm sure your dad's been angry at you. If your dad says, I'm mad at you or I'm angry at you, that's one thing. But if your dad were to ever look at you and say, I'm disappointed in you, that's like a knife to the heart, isn't it? Oh, yeah. My dad's my dad gets angry at me every day. That's fine. That's just a that's just a well, Tuesday. So do we. Yeah, everyone. Yeah. yeah, I'm used to the heat. But if if my father and, and this is the difference too, like my dad gets quiet if if something's really wrong, you know, if when you're angry and you're loud, that's completely different because you're used to it. But when there's that quiet, you know, it's, it's reached a new level. If my dad ever turned to me and it was just, I'm disappointed in you. That's by far the worst gut wrenching feeling that any child, I'm sure a son with, with a father or a mother as well, any child, it's, it's the worst feeling. So, you know, if something happened and he said to Charlotte, like I didn't even need to say he's disappointed. You could tell by a face of disappointment. 
And I want to see the tears well up in her eyes. Show me that relatable side to Charlotte so that I can say, I'm with you. I have your side. I'm fighting for you. That's what I want to see. And I thought that they could have really gotten that done. I was a little upset when that didn't happen. And you just used another great word, relatable, one that we use here a lot. Tommy, if you want, if fan, if the WWE wants fans to buy into Charlotte Flair as a baby face that they can know and love, what is relatable about Charlotte? Um, I don't know. Uh, I, it's hard to listen. Nothing. She, I know because she's such a great athlete. Um, you really like Gabby was talking about. You have to go into their past. Hey, and, and Gabby. I have creative say there was there's balls dropped and creative on every side. I was the one who had to talk about Rich Swan overcoming his own um, surgery uh, in the sense of like rehab, all that stuff where I had to mention it because it wasn't being mentioned on television because it's almost like, hey, you want to forget that um, or to talk about he used to watch me wrestle and this is something that he wanted to do because people are like, hey, you know, Dreamers in the main event in 2021 as opposed to this is what the champion asked for. These are the details, but also if you're seeing it on television without the commentators putting it over that this is what the champ wants, there's those little, little things that do get lost. Um, For Charlotte, she has been the queen for the longest time and there are you'd have to dive deep into her past where hey you know my father was never out there for me because he was out there for you the wrestling fans um and that could make her even a bigger heel because that's why she doesn't like wrestling fans you took my father away from it there's all these different things that you can to go with but you have to dive deep into like the loss of her brother all this other stuff, which would get sympathy, but then people would say, and they have said it, oh, you're exploiting uh, your brother's passing. So it's that hard, hard mix of what you want to do. If this was ECW, that is the number one thing that Paul would have paid attention to, to uh, either to, to turn Charlotte babyface, the, sim- the sympathy Absolutely. of the real life story of what happened with Reed. Thanks for listening. Catch us Monday through Saturday on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM. Fight Nation, Channel 156. The Busted Open Podcast. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.